0: Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Shagan. And new microphone, Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Why is he always first? Uh, the reason, because the way Discord is, James is in the top right corner and you're below James, like the three little boxes. So I'm just going by who I can see first.
1: Uh, well, I'm taller than him. I'm taller than both of you. I should be first.
0: You're probably taller than both of us combined, actually.
1: Actually, that's probably pretty accurate. Like if you sat on his shoulders, you're probably at my eye level. These uh, tallies over here trying to make <laughs> us little guys look bad, you know? I'll be totally honest. I had this conversation with my friend Carl, and I know he listens to this. He actually, he binged the first 10 episodes in like one day before. And I was like, dude, that's like 12 hours because the there's a lot of um, stuff to catch up on, and we talked about this before. Legit, if a dude's like under five six, and because we're both above six feet, I'm six one, he's six two. Um, you kind of just like look at him weird, like a oh, poor guy. <laughs> I mean, I okay. can understand, and I think
0: uh, anyway, we're not tall yeah, enough to get down it. this road of uh, of height, and yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 the whole thing apparently.
2: We're just not tall enough to understand Dustin. No. So
1: you're you're 5'10". Uh
2: 5'11", like but that's okay.
1: I mean, Dustin's what like 5'8, 5'9? Are we adding like
0: 4 inches onto everybody right now? Is that what we're doing?
2: What? Are, we, are you think there's you're no, calling me 5'7? No, planet.
1: That James is 5'11", that's what I'm
2: saying. <laughs> I I am. He's uh,
1: 6'1". No, he is cuz he's yeah, I'm 6'1" and he stands next to me and he's not too far away. Really?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I'm okay. at least I'm at least half a head taller than you,
0: buddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not denying the fact that I'm like five foot six. I'm not even, I'm not disputing this. What I'm saying is, I didn't. Think I don't think you you're were... five
2: six, though. I think you're like no, five No,
0: you're
1: eight, like 5'9". He's going to measure himself <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a key measure right here. We can do this, but no, I, I would have to get up and like my headphones don't go very far. So that's not going to happen right now. But I, I'm pretty sure I'm like legit five six. You have air conditioning currently Dustin? right now on um, probably
2: Yeah, you look comfortable. It's hot here. I'm sweating my balls off.
0: I mean, I'm in a basement, so it's well, it's double cold, cold 100% of the time.
2: Your basement is cold. I remember being there and being yes. like, this is a nice, comfortable, cool basement.
0: I mean, it, I. it's I mean, it's cold. That's okay. Like all the time. It's cold. That's fantastic. There's a nice. jacket hanging off the back of my <laughs> chair because I will occasionally just put a jacket on in the middle of summer because it is cold.
2: It's tick I mean, though out there today. Make hoodies. Yeah, that's true. But it's tick out there. It's sweaty. It's gross. It's because it rained today. And it's supposed to be worse the next couple days. I don't know if I'm up for it. And I made it most of the summer without using my air conditioner, which I'm pretty proud of because in summers previous, that, that shit has been on. So I've been absolutely saving 15% or more on my electricity bill. <laughs> Not running my air conditioner twenty four seven this year, and I probably lost at least a pound in just, just in sweat, lazy sweat. That's what I call it, lazy sweat.
0: Well, uh, we're not. We have uh, a lot to talk about this week, not including lazy sweat. Uh, one of the topics of conversation will be Charlie Montoya, plus the Leafs' off season moves and acquisitions, and the things going on in Maple Leafs land. Also, we have an update on our free or NHL free agency predictions that we made last week. And spoiler alert, it's not going well, at least for two of us. It's not going well. Also not going well over in Brooklyn. The whole situation with Kevin Durant. We'll talk a bit about that. Also not going well for Deshaun Watson or maybe more so the Houston Texans. I don't know how much time we'll spend on that one. I may even skip that story altogether, depending on how much time we have, because we do want to devote a bit of time to something we've been talking about for a little while the top five best sports movies of all time as according to us. And if we have time, we'll talk some Ric Flair. And of course, we'll wrap things up with some shout outs at the very end. Although we do, before we get to the end, we'd like at the start to talk about our week. And James, I usually start with you, but you know what? Maddie's getting upset over there, the tall guy looking down at us, having our conversation without him. So Maddie, we'll start with you about your last week and what's been going on.
1: Literally still unpacking. I just set up my office. We just bought. Okay. I gotta say, when you move, you start like finding all this random shit from IKEA that you want to buy. And it's a nightmare. I'll be honest. The amount of shit from IKEA that you end up buying, and it's essentially adult Lego. And it's fucking frustrating, especially when you do it with somebody. So, like, my wife and me were putting together an island today, and she's like, "Oh, this goes here, this goes here." I was like, "Are you sure?" Because taking IKEA shit apart is the hardest shit on the planet. Like, you don't make it to come apart.
0: Yeah, that is the worst. Like, if you make a mistake while you're building some IKEA furniture, you're boned. You might as well start over.
1: No, I'll buy a new one. Fuck it, that one. Goes well, I mean, by start over, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, you might as well throw that thing in the garbage and just buy a new one.
1: Yeah, and so like. I, I go to like a weird dark place when I build IKEa furniture, so like we're screwing <laughs> we're putting oh no I'm giggling, I'm five, but you know when you put like the dowels in and you gotta like clamp it down and then there's like the screws that go in to make it, I guess um like stay in place. so it's yes not just I know, the I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, yeah, so I'm trying to do that. And like the things moving, and I don't know why I get so frustrated for the dumbest things. Like, okay, I'm like, well, hold it in place. Like I am. And I was like, you're not pushing hard enough. Hold it in. <laughs> so then it's like, cause I'm trying to screw in and I'm getting too much resistance. Cause Ikea doesn't plan or make the holes big enough. And I, this is really just a lot of innuendo, but they don't make their holes big enough. So like, you have to like force the screws in and like dig it in. And it was just, I was getting so frustrated today. 'Cause that's what I did today. And that's what I did last week to a point where there was a dresser and I'm like, I'm done. You're doing it yourself. Like, I get it, but no, I'm not doing this.
0: A buddy of mine moved into his place like I want to say like three or four months ago. And he bought a whole bunch of new IKEA furniture. And this is probably the exact same scenario that you guys are having. But imagine this, we're building this bed. Okay. We have the like the headboard of the bed that just needs to like drop onto the frame. And you pop in the dowels on the bottom of the headboard. And then you just got to drop it right onto the frame. But it wouldn't drop on. Like, it would, like, the left side would be in or the right side would be in. And you're, like, just forcing down the right side and the left side would pop up. And you force down the left side and the right side pops up. And we're just like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, we're like we're looking at the instructions. We're looking at the thing. We're looking at the instructions. It doesn't make any sense. So we say, you know what? pull it out of this room, we're going to tip it up on its side so we can visually see like the holes and the dowels meeting contact something's not right here. Turns out the instructions are wrong. It tells you to put in five dowels when you only need to put in four. So one dowel was just hitting like flat wood and it was <laughs> popping up the other fucking side. And we, we spent like 35 minutes trying to put this fucking thing down, so much so that he even took a mallet and tried to like bang in a side and to this day there is a massive dent in his, <laughs> his bed frame from like, the mallet. They that was should replace down. that.
2: They should like, they should replace that because you're forced into a land of kind of stupidity because they were stupid from the beginning. Right. Like my problem with Ikea is always that I think I'm smarter than I am. And I'm like, ah, I've done this. And I get like two quarters of the way through, uh, or two thirds of the way through. And like, I'm like, yeah. And then I build it. And then I get to a point where it's like, shit i did one thing backwards and now i have to undo like 20 pieces just to fix that one thing that i thought i was so smart that i just knew the direction and then i got to go back and do it all over again which is super fucking annoying because undoing it is probably more frustrating than doing it and if i just slowed down paid attention i would have not run into that but i do that literally every single i did that with a a shelf that i just bought on monday or sunday Just, I got all the way, and the little kicker on the bottom was facing upward. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to go downward. So I had to take off the sides and put it under. I was so mad, but...
1: Well, Yeah, and the worst is, is when you look at everything at Ikea, like in their little showroom, and you're walking around, everything looks so simple to put together. Oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, this is fucking three panels and like there's the baseboard to like hold it straight and then the top part and then you just build the shelf which is or the drawers which is like one two three four pieces and whatever no because what they don't tell you is that each one of those things has thirty seven thousand holes in them and each one requires a dowel or something like that and it's just it's a piss off i hate it James.
2: Uh, we, I went with him to Ikea So, so I was there, we bought it um, And I have to Hold say on, dude, on, the,
0: on the way out of Ikea, did you guys get any hot dogs? No, we no, ate at we the restaurant Like,
2: We ate, like classy oh. people
0: <laughs> So you had Okay, so what did you have at the the little Cafe thing?
2: Meatballs, sir Because you can
0: get, Everything. You can get beer there like, That's what's yeah. crazy to me Is that like, butter chicken. You can sit in a retail store and drink a Heineken If you want
2: Yeah, you can get butter chicken beer uh they've got meatless meatballs like plant-based veggie, got meatballs, so like, veggie meatballs like,
1: that's what i don't get they have veggie and then plant-based
2: which isn't it that same thing
1: that's what i thought. well i mean you know, you know I suppose I w- it could no, don't don't could, we're gonna get vegans yelling at us like <laughs> that's, that's,
2: nah. don't you that's know that, that i'm vegan yes and we still don't care
1: um the yeah. Wear clothes that I guarantee you came from an animal like cotton,
2: but uh, they have fish and oh, chips, they'll
1: have leather interior oh. in their car. Yeah, I yeah. know,
2: They have fish and chips there and poutine now, mac and cheese. But I mean, the it's the meatballs, the gravy, Care the like carrot cake, the lichen berry, all of it together like that's the go to. I don't know why I don't go there more often. Like, I work from home a couple days a week. I just go there for lunch. I should do it way more often. It's cheaper than most places. And to be honest, it's L- better than most <laughs> places you literally go. Literally
1: to have a three course meal, each person for three of us. So we each got like the meatballs with like the two sides. So I had oh, rice and The and garlic bread? The and then bread? I had some garlic toast. Awesome. Oh, and nice. then I was like, let's throw some mac and cheese on this bitch. I got a slice of carrot cake and a bottle of water. And we each got r- r- the same amount give or take it was like 48 dollars for three people and i'm just like if ikea can do it why can't like other places like the keg why does my 22 ounce rib steak have to be 65 dollars? it doesn't yeah I, was a I,
0: I went out for lunch today actually with my boss and fortunately my boss is paying for it so it didn't matter but we went to a restaurant that i used to work at uh, it was a Turtle Jacks. And when I saw the menu, I was like, I haven't like been at the restaurant industry this long, which probably been like four years or something. But the sandwich that I at that I ordered was like twenty dollars for a sandwich. I'm like, this sandwich used to be like ten ninety-nine and yeah. now it's literally a twenty dollar sandwich. You
1: know what's Honestly, insane? I I'm i I'm surprised IKEA doesn't do more business with inflation the way that it is.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah the I mean, food. You go anyway, go to IKEA
1: and you go to the little kiosk and you can get
0: uh, like two hot dogs and a coke for two fifty.
2: Yep, that's the best deal in the city, hundred percent. Now the Costco hot dogs have gone up to a dollar fifty from a dollar.
1: Wait, Costco hot dogs went up because that guy made his whole business plan of Costco around the hot dogs. Well,
0: that's a reason why the hot dogs shouldn't have gone up. I thought that was like that was a sticking point for them. Like, no, the hot no. dog has to stay this price.
1: Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, he was like, no, like our whole thing is based off of this, right? You know, it's not what you buy in the store. They actually lose on that. They make their money off of their cafeteria and their memberships. Like that's where Costco makes all their money.
2: You have to sell a right? shit ton of hot dogs, but can you imagine, imagine how many hot dogs go out of a co- out of Costco? Not like a think about a Costco, but think about Costco world in world aggregate world. in North America. How many hot dogs leave that building?
0: So it wait, is pretty it's crazy co- when you, yeah, if you think about like just how many hot dogs are sold, but like where that comes from too. And that's the whole vegan question too. Like how many, I mean, <laughs> and a lot of it's not exactly meat, but you know, like that comes from somewhere. Like there's animals in some form <laughs> it's or meat, fashion that
2: it's meat adjacent, if any, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah,
1: well, okay. think... that, that, that leads me to like another thought about vegans, how much, okay. We talk about shit where it's like, oh, that's an uphill battle. You'll never win. How much is like not just like the lifestyle veganism, because like I know people who are vegans or vegetarians and they're like, they just that's their lifestyle. They don't necessarily promote or be like, I do this because of it's out of principle. But like the vegetarians and the vegans that do it out of principle, how much of an uphill battle is that? Do you know what I mean? Like against the rest of the world. I don't know. I think the world is
0: more acceptant of it now. And, and and what I mean by that is you go into a restaurant and there's, here's all our vegan options. Here's our veggie options. Like, it's clearly marked on the menu. So much so, like, here's our gluten-free options. Yeah. Like It's, it's very not just a salad delated. anymore. Yeah. No, but
1: I don't mean in terms of, like, options in restaurants. I mean to getting the rest of the world to become vegetarian or vegan. Well, do I don't know. know I
0: mean? if that's the, I don't know if that's the goal for them to say, I want everyone to do what I do. I think A lot of people just do it because they feel like it's right for them.
1: Well, there's definitely some vegans I'm saying that are very much like, no, you need to do this. It's cruelty to animals and climate change with this and that. And, you know, so they're all pushing it in that way.
0: I mean, they're not wrong. (laughs) That's the problem. No,
1: but that's what I mean. It's like, how much of an uphill battle is it to get the rest of the world to not eat meat?
2: Well, synthetic meat's coming. And I think, well, once, once they produce synthetic meat, I mean, we'll all be on board with synthetic meat and that'll be it.
0: Don't we already have that? Isn't that what Beyond Meat is?
1: Is it? No, the Beyond Meat isn't Beyond that's plant meat based. like a bunch of compounds and plants that's compiled together. Right, but what, yeah, but what do we think synthetic, synthetic meat, meat is? Unless you're meat no, like no, you're... They grow it. Yeah, they grow they it. They grow a steak in a Petri dish. Oh, I see. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's like, fucked, I, right?
1: And, which, which is interesting because like a really, really good friend of mine doesn't eat beef pork. And I said to him, as like if it's a petri dish grown steak or bacon, would you eat it?" And he was like, "No." Hmm. And I so and I said, "But well, okay, so why? that might be because the is it religious? Actual, yeah, like the taste of it.
0: It would just it would make them sick. Like if they were to eat, even if it's like completely synthetically grown and no animals were harmed, and it was made like like you said in a petri dish, and poof, here comes a twelve ounce of ribeye steak." Like the fact of them cutting into that, eating it, like the just the taste and the smell would just totally mess up their stomach.
1: Well, his is more religious than it is like a taste thing, right? So I was like, now, principally, would you eat it? He was like, well, no, which which is odd to me, right? Because then I'm just like, okay, if the whole point of like veganism is to fight climate change, or is to prevent cruelty to animals and if this solves that and they're still like well no it's still meat then i'm just at loss to like beyond like you said what the whole you know it would make me sick because i've never eaten it or whatever i don't know it's a weird thing it, these are the things that keep me up at night like legitimately it's not like life stress where it's like work or you know moving and it's like now rebudgeting my life it's what are vegans gonna choose
0: I'll keep us posted on that. I'm very curious uh, how this works out for
1: you. He listens to the, my friend listens to this podcast, so I know after he listens to this episode, and I don't want to out him because that's like a that's one thing I won't out people for is their veganism or their food choices. But uh, he'll listen to this one and he'll tell me. He'll say, "Hey, listen here, Bucko," and then he'll get into it.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up about listenership. Uh, We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. I know uh, apparently we're a bit of a hit on TikTok. So, uh, yeah, thank you for (laughs) sampling us in uh, downloading an episode. Uh, We very much appreciate it Uh, for my last. We
1: go first thirst trap on TikTok.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's a whole nother story that I think I've already told you guys about. And we don't have to go down that road. (laughs) No, I don't. You're weak. um, (laughs) my week uh nothing too crazy although i did see so i ca- saw a couple movies one that was been on like a list for a while that i haven't watched and i have some thoughts and secondly one that's relatively new and that's uh light year so i saw Lightyear last night and it was really fun i, I enjoyed it i think it's worth watching uh, I, I don't think it's gonna be in theaters much longer you might as well just wait for disney plus because i'm sure it'll be on disney plus in like a week but i thought it was really cool oddly enough I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was like some controversy for this movie. Yeah, not Tim Allen. No, well, not even that. Because the the gay kiss, the gay
1: kiss in Disney and shit.
0: Yeah. So, guys, they literally were just two married women, and they had it, and they and they kissed, and and we moved on with life. Like it was no different than if a man kissed a woman. Like in a movie, it was just it was so mind bogglingly like (laughs) minor that was. Like if you blink, you missed it, and like the amount of backlash that came out for this is not even like the the punishment doesn't fit the crime. If I'm saying there should be a punishment, but I'm saying like the outrage versus what it actually was is just lunacy, and people are yeah. just crazy,
2: man. Like if you're gonna be outraged, like at least make it worthwhile. Like if they were like scissoring in Lightyear. You could be like, I have a problem with this film. But that's a great point.
0: All or the she had a strap on. All the things that South Park has done over the years, right? Specifically with strap ons or with scissoring that you could have been justifiably upset about because it was done in a very crude manner. But this is just two people who happen to be the same sex that are married. Like, if that's your issue. 2022 man you are outing yourself as a crazy right wing conservative gun loving gay hating freak (laughs) it's 2022
2: we're we're taking sex steps backward that's that's what it is
0: you are a lunatic if you are upset about (laughs) a animated couple that are portraying married people you are a monster
2: and like if you don't like your kid I
0: was going to say if you don't like your kid like if that's not a
2: belief you want to impart on your kid, have the conversation with your kid.
0: <laughs> you know, or at that point, like yeah, that's a great point because that's what they are arguing is that this is not suitable for children. It's if it's not going to go away.
2: Like it's not going to go away in the world. Like, so then have the conversation exactly.
0: with your kid. You need to prepare your child for society as a whole, mm-hmm. and. Unless you're going to like live in some sort of community that has walls up around it and you don't expect to ever interact with the outside world for the rest of your this child's life. And you're going to keep him hostage in this crazy they did environment that. you're creating for them.
2: It's called Jonestown.
0: I mean, oh, I, I know there's plenty of places just like <laughs> Jonestown that probably exist all over the Mid-South in the United States. But unless you're doing that, then you can't have it, your cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? Like you can't say we're gonna shelter our children and give him give them these ridiculous views that we are passing down onto them. We're brainwashing them into stupid shit. But at the same time, we're gonna have a Disney Plus description and we're gonna watch Disney shit. No, no. No. <laughs> You're not allowed to enjoy current and modern entertainment if you are then giving your children outdated and bigoted lifestyle like that's not how this works you get to pick one or
1: the other either you're an asshole or you're allowed to join join society pick one I just think of it like more of could you imagine getting so upset about something that has absolutely zero effect on your life directly in any way (laughs) absolutely zero it's a great point that's and that's kind of how I live my life is just it's like a personal rule is that like people's lives are their own fucking business and people's choices are for them and their like their own And if if, as long as it doesn't affect me or make put me in a position to have to make a choice that I agree or disagree with, I don't give a shit what people do. And to me, at the end of the day, and I know I'm pounding this mic a lot, but I'm getting used to it. It's really my way and I'm not used to it. So you might hear it. But at the end of the day, like I said this before, love is love. Who gives a fuck? Like, honestly, if someone wants to love a rock, I don't care. If that makes someone happy or if that makes two people happy for whatever way shape or form that is more power to them i mean the world needs more of people being happy and living the, their truest life than people being angry and dictating their options or their lifestyles or saying what they can and can't do when it has zero impact on their life yeah Unless... so that's a good point
0: and i think it's worth mentioning it has zero impact on our life because we don't care unless but it's incredibly important for homosexuals to be married and i'm not saying you're not saying it isn't but like it's worth mentioning like they need these things because certain protections that we have as i mean cisgender hetero men that when we get married we can leave our assets to our wife we mm-hmm. can like these or are when they leave specific- they take half <laughs> and when eventually <laughs> they leave they take half exactly very good point james
2: <laughs> but the internet is is a breeding when the internet was created it was a breeding ground for for enragement about anything and everything including the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays I just did a Dustin
0: there you go former manager yes you're right it, it's it almost seems like when Charlie Montoyo got let go it was surprising in a sense that like the timing of it seemed odd but now that you kind of think about it maybe it made sense but man the reaction on Twitter like, people were, like, throwing babies in the air, rejoicing <laughs> in the streets, and, like, there was parties over the weekend calling, like, this was, I don't think the guy deserves that. You know what I mean? Like, no. I don't think Charlie Montoya was, ah. uh, uh, James, give me a face right now, and maybe he thinks he does deserve it. Ah. But, I really Charlie, need to get a camera. yeah, you do <laughs> definitely need to get a camera, because you may be giving us a face right now, I can't see it. But, so, the story is, Charlie Montoya was relieved of his duties. I believe it was early last week. It was just shortly after we had uh, posted our episode. And that was just after the sweep in Seattle. And I think that's what, that's what did it. Over the weekend when they lost the three straight or four straight or whatever it was to Seattle in Seattle, which typically are extended home games for the Blue Jays, where they go into Seattle and 95% of the people in that building are from Vancouver or in, from B.C., and you go in there and just get your lunch taken, and you're embarrassed by the Seattle Mariners, who happened to actually end up going on a huge run. Like, the Mariners going into the All-Star break have, are, like, one of the hottest teams in baseball. I think, I don't know if they won last night or not, but if they didn't, they were, like, 14 of their last 15 games they have won. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the Mariners are a bad team and they got embarrassed by a bad team. It's just the they were rolling downhill. The Blue Jays, that is. They, pro, pronoun spell. They were, the Blue Jays were rolling downhill, and they had to make some sort of change in order to stop the bleeding if you will and charlie was the casualty here now james you think he's deserved to be let go yeah man like i was so i was driving in the
2: car when the news came in through and i was listening to the fan 590 and i don't remember i think it was george Russick was on at the time and he was like he was like, why are you letting go of Charlie Montoyo? You didn't, the bullpen's garbage and you didn't address the bullpen and you didn't give the bullpen arms and this and that. And I'm sitting there thinking like, have you not paid attention to everything else but the bullpen? Like for the last two years, and I'll give the guy a little bit of credit, we've been absolutely enraged online and bitching amongst each other that this guy basically didn't stand up for his team. Like guys are getting kicked out of games and he's got his like ass very firmly stapled to the bench. And so he starts doing a little bit of that this year, but you just look at the culture of this team, you know, they they're not they're not winners. They were picked they were picked to be the World Series champs or at least to face the Dodgers and they're getting swept by the Mariners. Like World Series teams don't there's no World Series culture in that room like the the home run jacket like fuck off until you start winning games you know like again i was saying this to my brother like vladi sitting in the steps of the dugout like chilling no like did you see aaron judge do that like why is aaron judge the best player in baseball right now because he's a fucking competitor because he's a giant well he's also a competitor and right now the jays it, the Jays aren't aren't competitors. They don't have a competitive mindset. But the one player everyone has always said is a competitor, Bo Bichette. Did you see that quote?
0: I don't remember what the quote was specifically, but Bo was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I expected him to get fired.
2: <laughs> well, no, it was like was like paraphrasing what he said. Yeah, no, it was like uh, the reason uh, – something like Charlie Montoyo uh, blah, got fired – um, the sentiment was shared by a few in the locker room. Like, there, are, there are competitors on that team that recognize that he wasn't getting that competitive culture implemented in the team. And that's like, they don't, you see those guys and they're fucking losing, they're still laughing. Like, dude, if I was getting pumped the way they got pumped in the last, I would not be laughing. I, I would be losing my mind.
1: The quote from Bose, the front office has made the decision on what they thought was necessary. I don't disagree.
0: That's, honestly, that's kind of a shitty thing to say too. You know what I mean? Like he didn't like, have right, to say that. No,
1: you didn't have to Only, do that to the guy.
0: That, that last bit there, he didn't need to say that. He could have just said, you know what? That's a front office decision and we support what the front office is going to do and we welcome John Schneider as our new uh, our new manager and we lo- I look forward to working with John Schneider more closely.
1: You know, like that, agree- that's
0: a way you could have said that without like,
1: throwing charlie under the bus i don't agree with john schneider being even interim manager because it's literally the same organization and culture like he was under montoya
0: he was and i I see where you're where you're coming from but i think the reason well i think there's a couple reasons one it's because it's the all-star break and who are you going to find to come in immediately and make a difference whereas john already knows the team and at least give him an opportunity and you can reassess in the off season,
1: so I don't and necessarily have a problem with it.
2: Coach most of these guys so that, through through a ball, like through double A.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like, so you're writing this season off then? If you're like, well, yeah. we can find someone, you know, at, in the off season. I just also to just I don't know who would come here to be honest as the manager. I joked, Ozzy Guillen, that would be the greatest thing ever. But um, just for content, would be fantastic. But. um The the reason Charlie went beyond just, you know, the whole, like Jim said about, you know, competitors and he didn't stand up for the team. It's easier to fire a manager or coach than it is to replace 25 guys. Yeah, I mean, it's always
2: the first bullet in the chamber, right?
1: Coach is always first to go, not the players. And then players start going. So, I mean, if this team next year kind of starts this way, or if they're not first in the division after the first two and a half months or kind of competing for first in division like one or two games back you're going to start seeing players getting dealt real quick because but, that's a culture problem
2: but dustin as a, as the a resident baseball super fanatic on the podcast does it not bug you watching this team basically not give a shit when they lose like uh, as, well not i'm not going to say the team there's a portion of players on this team that clearly don't give a shit when they're losing
0: I think there's a lot of things about this team that need to be fixed, and I think the home run jacket is definitely one of them. I think, I, I and I bush think league. it's bush league. Yes, I, I think there's a lot of, and and you know what, a lot of teams do it. The Red Sox have their stupid thing where they dump the guy in the laundry hamper and push him around the dugout and shit. It's it's a bunch it of children winning. acting like children. Do it when and you're I, winning. I, I, I'm well, yes, but I mean, home runs are what helps you win. So I, it's hard to draw the line when like, I guess the point is, like, you don't you don't do it for every home run. Maybe it's a the home run. jacket doesn't bother me as much as the Gatorade bath does. It's ridiculous. That's when stupid. they after everyone, do that.
1: It's the dumbest fucking thing.
0: After every win. Now, I know you guys don't like a Rash all that much, but no. you shouldn't be throwing Gatorade on the fucking reporter, too. Like, what is he like? What's the point of that? you're just being an asshole now it's not funny you're just bullying the guy
2: that's what i mean they look like children it's it's you know and i again i know we have this conversation all the time about pro athletes and they're young but th- like they look they look like children and i think the problem with charlie montoyo is nobody stopped them yeah. nobody stopped them from looking like children
0: and, and the funny thing is like when charlie was brought in And they got rid of john gibbons and they said oh we need charlie because we got a bunch of young guys and john will be too hard on on them like we need a guy who's going to be able to work with the young guys was that the right call or should they have had like a drill instructor since day one i think
2: charlie could have been part of the staff like he was part of the staff in tampa and they had success with all like they always have success with young players but they're, they're they're still having success with young players so i don't even know that it was charlie
1: no they needed a veteran who's been there to show them how to act and how to be professionals like I get it I get we sometimes take sports way too seriously and sometimes it's too much of a business and we say you know this we also can't forget about having fun but at the same time this has gone so far the other way of having too much fun and not delivering results that now you need to shut the fuck up and get to work like I would
2: have loved now, Paul I Molitor. Wonder, like Paul Molitor, I thought would have been a great choice for the coach here, or I guess now Joe Madden.
0: I think there's a name that is interesting timing wise. Don't say don't Joe. Don't say if... Russell
2: Martin. Don't say Russell Martin. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say Russell Martin.
2: No, and they need saying, a win. They need I'm, somebody. I'm, I'm, not,
0: I'm not saying <laughs> I want that. I'm not saying I want that. I'm just saying. Based on all of, like all of a sudden there was a ceremony for Russell Martin to like honor him or something at the Rogers Center and I don't know why because he only played here for two years and they're not retiring his jersey they're just honoring him for a day seemed kind of odd but I'm saying fast forward to September next year or not September excuse me it's fast forward to April next year I wouldn't doubt that in some way Russell Martin is in the coaching staff next year
2: staff for sure yeah. but he can't be the manager they need a winner this team you know, he is might
1: be a bench coach
2: yeah this team is on the precipice of being one of the all-time if they can figure it out and maintain a lot of these pieces like a, a dynasty team they could be with the right mentality uh, and the right leadership
0: speaking of pieces and this could definitely flow into our next topic conversation but i just this is i just remember this and i think we should probably at least somewhat touch upon it uh juan soto who's offered $440 million to play for the Washington Nationals and now has said no thanks. Uh, which is mind-boggling amount of money. Like We will never see 1% of that money in our entire life. Um, so the question is, and now that they're saying the Nationals are interested in trading him since he's not willing to sign for half a billion dollars, would you be interested in putting a package together from the Blue Jays to acquire Juan Soto and would you be okay with getting rid of a guy like Bo Bichette and maybe Jonathan Groshans and maybe a pitching prospect and maybe something else to bring nope. in a guy like Soto?
1: Nope. Who's 23 a, years old, but a below average defender. Mm, say he's league average defender. You, okay. If, you, if all you're giving it up is strictly for the bat, no. You need to be a five tool guy that can bring it every aspect of the game at above average or elite level all the time to give up that much.
0: Well, to be fair, uh, there's not a whole lot of five-tool guys in the league period. But right. Juan Soto will hit you for power, he will hit you for contact. His fielding is fine. Um he is a left bat. He's only 23 years old. He was second in MVP MVP voting last year in the National League. So, this is the type of player we're talking about. It's not Normal for a player like this to be on the trading block, but it's hard. I know it's hard for us to speculate because we don't know what the conversation is and what the Blue Jays would be willing to offer. But I think it the conversation will start with the Nationals, with Bo and with Groshans, and then from there it's like who knows, right? Yeah, I don't know it that it starts might with, start
1: with Manoa. I don't know that, it starts yeah, that with...
0: that's a tough one. Like if it's Manoa, you obviously say no, he's the franchise of your he's your cornerstone of your rotation going forward. I think you will have to include Moreno as well, and then maybe the conversation starts with Bo Moreno and Groshans. And but that's just—I
2: think you can get it done without that, I think you can get it done without Bo. And I, the reason I say that is because he's an outfielder, so you're going to have to send one of Teo or
0: Guriel. Because I don't think you're sending. Spur. Well, not necessarily. You don't. You don't necessarily have to fill all their holes on their organization. No, I'm saying
2: ours. We're not. We're not going to sit with, with five mlb outfielders
1: i mean
0: do they have five major league baseball outfielders are we, are we counting tapia and zimmerman or yeah, Zimmer, but, excuse me like but are you not, gonna platoon I was saying, soto to i wish name, <laughs> i wish zimmerman uh, are, we gonna, are you no. gonna
2: platoon soto amongst teo and and lourdes
0: so no what you do is you move teo as your everyday dh and then you have Soto out and left and Springer in center and Gurriel is in right. Or maybe you move Gurriel back to the infield where he belongs as an infielder because you probably moved out uh, Bichette.
1: Yeah, okay, so I don't Gurriel's know. Gurriel is your everyday... Right, right. No, I I think at that point, Soto probably just makes Soto your DH. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like... And you're not wrong. And there's a lot of teams that are doing stuff like that. I mean, the Blue Jays are a team that does stuff like that. But... I think as a twenty-three-year-old, you should be playing in the field every day. Like I feel like the DH is should be reserved for guys in his late twenties, early. Frank like Thomas can't field a position anymore. The the,
2: <laughs> the difference with Soto, though, is that, like, you can't give up Bo because the the middle infield was such a like such a problem for this team, like in the last it's, couple of okay. years.
0: <laughs> sure, but it's not like Bo is a fantastic defensive player.
2: He's and been he's also, been significantly if you also better.
0: Look at the, Significantly better than what?
2: Than years previous, this year.
0: Sure, okay, but like, but the thing with the Blue Jays, and if you look at the draft that they just went through the past weekend, they just drafted all infielders. The Blue Jays also, like, even losing Groschans, they still have Orvis Martinez and Otto Lopez, who are pretty much ready to come out and play major league ball, and they're infielders. So send those so, guys. I mean, you can, but you don't. You're not going to send all three of your top prospects. What I'm saying is, you Bo might. Right that's what have.
2: That's what the former gm did
0: and he got yes and he got chastised and lost his job essentially when mark shapiro came here right because we have
2: because we had 40 year olds winning games we don't have 40 year olds winning games now we have 22 year olds that are supposed to win games and 23 year olds supposed to win games if if my roster was as aged as anthopolis was i wouldn't be trading those prospects but my roster isn't aged right now the roster is actually Decent. I don't think. I think is Springer the oldest fucking guy on the team.
0: I'd have to look it up, but he's probably not. You're probably, probably. not far off. I mean, like not well, including like real Talking pitchers like Trevor yeah. Richards has gray hair. He's a silver fox out there, so he's probably one of the oldest guys on the team. At least visually, he looks like the oldest guy on the team.
2: So, like, youth is not a. Uh, a bare cupboard for this team and i mean we seem to just and listen shatkins like they're fantastic at refilling the prospect cupboard their scouting is unrivaled so like we're like even this draft the kid we drafted 23rd overall love the. It. sorry
1: i love the guy i love the kid they drafted his quote where he's like i'm gonna make every team that pass on me ahead ahead of them in the draft, I'm going to make them regret this decision.
2: Yeah. Like, they're, they they know what they're doing. The fact that we have Groshans, Lopez, Aurelvis, and Moreno, like, all technically, like, infielders, like, come on. There's... And and we have we have pitching again. We have pitching, like, with Tideman. Like, we have prospects out the wazoo. Like, I think we can get this done without, like, giving up Bo. And I wouldn't be opposed to giving up, a, like, one of those fielders and prospects well you you don't don't
1: have a boat and one of the fielding prospects no i'm saying you give up
2: yeah no i'm saying like i'm i swear you could probably get it done with uh guriel and like three or four like high prospects i will say this
1: baseball really needs to institute trading of draft picks like the other sports Like the fact that you can't trade draft picks is stupid and i know why they do it because they don't want teams to sewer themselves like other sports teams do by not having draft picks for a couple years chicago ebbs and flows yeah it's ebbs and flows right you know pittsburgh didn't have a first round draft pick for what like six years in the nhl and it it all comes back at some point. You know, they do really good and then they regress. And then as guys get older, they regress, they hold on to those picks and then they restock and then they hit the low and whatever. But it's the dumbest thing in baseball that you can't do it. I hate well, it.
0: Or you could be like the Montreal Canadiens and just trade away everyone that you drafted in the first round <laughs> or just yeah, let I them know. walk away for nothing. Hit the reset. I don't know if you guys button. saw that floating around on Twitter earlier this week? where it was like, here's every pick that Montreal's made in the first round, and like they have none of them left.
1: Yeah, pretty hilarious. Like, yeah, well, Suzuki's not even theirs. It came from Vegas, right? Kotkiniemi, yep. who is their highest pick outside of Slavkovsky that they just drafted. He's in Carolina. Um Romanov, who is one of their most recent picks, gone. Sergeyev, gone. Yep. I can go down the list from, I think, since 28. So since
0: Cole Caulfield... Everyone after that, you're looking at 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, like all the way down the list until you get to carry Price in like 05. (laughs) They're all gone. So, I don't know. Montreal is an enigma that is making their best effort, I suppose. And they have a chance to upgrade their team with NHL Free Agency, which we are in the middle of right now. And last week on the program, we threw out some predictions of what teams we thought some of the free agents would end up going to so let me quickly run down this list uh spoiler alert James and I have zero points <laughs> so I think this is already over um James said uh where is James James said Malkin would go to the Rangers he is re-signed at Pittsburgh we recorded like as that signing is pretty much happening yeah so that was a little unfortunate but hey whatever yeah
1: it was literally like 10 minutes after we finished recording it's like Malkin signed it depends and <laughs> I
0: Like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Second pick, he said Max Domi to Toronto. That did not happen. He signed with Chicago. Johnny Goudreau, he said the Islanders, which I thought was a slam dunk pick. Like, that made so much sense. But he shocked the world and went to Columbus. That was a layup. He went to Columbus. Uh, Okay. You know, earlier today on Twitter, I think it was Mike Commodore who said, you know what? Calgary, uh, with the COVID situation in Canada, and Calgary having the worst barn in—I mean, he said the worst barn in the uh, in the league, which isn't true now that the Coyotes play at a community center. But one of the worst That'd barns, cool. in, in... yeah, and it could be fun. You're right; like that, that could be a fun environment. But he's saying maybe we should be really asking why would he have stayed, and it's an interesting flip of that question, especially for a guy who played there, right? <laughs> so. Something to think about for all the Calgary Flames fans that are upset about Johnny Hockey taking his talents to Ohio. You also said Andrew Kopp would sign with Dallas. He ended up in Detroit, which I think is going to be a sleeper pick for Detroit. The only thing you still have outstanding, James, you have the potential for your wildcard pick to pay off. You said Phil Kessel to the Kings. So we're going to have to sit and wait on that one. Um, I don't remember how much points we said were an award to the wildcard pick, but it doesn't matter because Maddie's going to kill us anyways. Because mm-hmm. I said Evander Kane to Vancouver. He signed with Edmonton. I said that one also I,
1: happened right after also.
0: That did also happen right after. And he, a great deal too. Like it was five oh, yeah. a change or whatever it is. It's fantastic that's, for him. That's going to pay off.
1: Especially if the arbitrator sides with him as part of the grievance uh, with San Jose. And get some of that getting... money back? Oh, boy. Boy, because they would have to essentially pay out like eighty percent of the contract to him, so he'd be getting like a fat check for whatever he had like the remaining five years at seven and a half million, whatever eighty percent of that is, plus his new deal with Edmonton. Like that dude's, you know, gonna have a lot of gambling money in Vegas. I was gonna say about twenty. That's
0: like a twenty-five million dollar
1: check right there. That's pretty. I was gonna
2: say, how many casinos are there in Edmonton?
0: Well, he's about to find out. They're all,
2: they're all licking uh, their chops.
0: I, I also said Ryan Strom to Boston. That did not happen. Ryan Strom signed in Anaheim. Fortunately for me, I still have three picks outstanding. So it's still possible that I hit on PK suban going to Buffalo. It's still possible that I hit on Nazem Kadri going to the Rangers. It is absolutely un- impossible for me to hit on Dustin bufflin going to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> but we've seen some crazy things with the Maple Leafs. So who knows? Uh, but the the real story is that uh, Maddie has three correct answers. The ones that he did not get right. Uh, he said Andre Palat to Montreal. Uh, Palat signed with the Devils. You also said Klingberg to Montreal. And Klingberg has yet to sign, as far as I know. I just looked it up like in a, like 10 minutes ago, and he hasn't signed anywhere. So that's still a potential. Although you did nail uh, Vincent Trocek to the Rangers, you did nail Darcy Camper to Washington. I feel like we shouldn't have given him that was one. Thousand that that pretty obvious.
2: But you know what? <laughs> so was Giroud to Ottawa and
0: for his wild card. That he was kind of a Giroud gimme. to Ottawa, but that so was kind
2: of a gimme too because Bobby Margarita had been going on about the Giroud to Ottawa for like a week. But I listen, he the, made the pick, and that's the, what matters.
0: Yeah, I think the common theme here was, oh boy, there was some tampering going on. Yeah. And oh yeah like, man, right at 12 o'clock, it was, okay, Soupy is signed in Edmonton. At 12.01, we've figured out a five-year, $25 million deal, which is physically impossible for someone to have picked up the phone, made the agreement, made the offer, accepted the offer, submitted the offer to the league, had it drawn up and confirmed and everything, faxed us over here for this signature and fax it back for that signature, and then for the news to hit Sportsnet and TSN? I don't know guys in 60 seconds. Yeah. Seems, seems
2: kind of suspect. And we all called the number. Everybody said it was five years, five, five and a half. Like we all knew because the word was on the street, like,
1: well, the off the offers and the negotiating came through media. So that's, you know, where the pen to paper only takes like a minute and a half. All the negotiations were done through media. Mm -hmm. right so like that was all taken care of there what surprises me though is because a lot of contracts have inlays that you know we hear oh it's five years five millions no move clause after this date here he's got like a partial no move where he can make a list of 10 teams he's willing to go to blah 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 it has all that shit but there's more to contracts than that there's like escalators right so like certain players will have Things like, okay, if he hits this, we'll, you know, so for example, I'll use Austin Matthews as an example, players are much easier than goalies, where if he hits 15 goals by next date, he gets a bonus. And then, you know, but if he hits, you know, the next milestone by next date, he foregoes that bonus, but then it increases, right? So there's like escalators tied to certain performance metrics and goals for these guys. Um, and obviously sure goalies have them where if he's top five in the league by whatever date or top, not top five, that's probably unrealistic for Campbell, but if he's, you know, top 15 or 10 save percentage or goals against by whatever date he would get paid out or earn this kind of bonus, or if he gets this many wins, So that shit, having all of that figured out prior is what really shocks me that's that's where the whole like 5 years by 5 million for the tampering thing like i'm like okay i kind of get it because people battles around but it's those inlaid bonuses that really tell me that the tampering goes on because that's really minute shit you don't hammer out in 5 seconds
2: i think it's all the the lifestyle shit that gets negotiated in there too like i'm sure there's tons of like
1: get this house for you
2: yeah all that kind of stuff certain meal coaches like i'm sure there's tons like certain athletic training shit like there's there's got to be so much like i mean if i was negotiating a contract i'd be like what does my meal situation look like like i would definitely find a way to stuff as much in there as possible right so i don't know it's i don't they used to have the negotiating period we went over this they took it away and i don't know why like at this point like just leave it there because now you just make us look like idiots thinking that these no, guys don't the
1: talk. look like idiots not us
2: yeah that too
1: i just think like what's the harm in giving 48 hours right like maybe not five days but 48 hours you know talk to a guy on a phone and see where he's at maybe fly him out you know, schedule a flight, you can schedule all his shit and be like, Hey, we'll pay you to come out here, take a look at our facilities, maybe have a night on the town on us and whatever, do that kind of shit. Right? Like here's a stack of ones, go to the best peelers in town and <laughs> let us know what you think, right?
2: I guess I guess the, the NHL's position is probably like, why don't you just do that January, July first or July whatever day? Like, then start courting people. Well,
0: I think the point is that there needs to be a line in the sand, and whatever that line is but there, it needs to be cle- clearly delineated. and Dude, if there's no lines proven, in any
2: sand. There's no lines in any sand when it comes to NHL. <laughs> Everything's just made up.
0: It's true. I mean, look at the rule book, to be honest. Like, there's just, they're just making shit up every night they're out there.
2: Yeah. So,
1: kind of like. I don't know. Like, other sports have tampering issues that they call it way more than the NHL for that way less obvious that they actually have to investigate.
0: I'm not saying it's a, specifically an NHL issue. I'm just, no. it, I'm just saying it's clearly and obviously something is well, going on. He's the saying
2: NHL. they do, they do the worst job of addressing it. The NHL just basically goes, eh, yeah, okay. tell us,
0: don't yeah. tell. just shrug <laughs> their shoulders and say, yeah, whatever, who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah, no one's
1: paying attention well, no, anywhere. And and no GM's going to call another GM out on it because they've done it too, right? That's it's all well, collusion.
2: That's it. Like. It breeds the same behavior, right? Like, everybody wants to get their one up, so.
0: It's all well and good until one GM gets fucked on it. Like, someone's going to, I mean, I guess technically it happened in Calgary where, you know, they thought, or maybe not so in Calgary, but, like, there could be a situation where you believe you have a deal with your player and all of a sudden he's super cold on you. You're like, whoa, what happened? It's because he's been secretly negotiating with another team and cuts you out entirely. So there is a situation where this could get ugly because I mean, if a co- player is on a contract, y- he's supposed to be exclusively negotiating with you until the deadline passes. That's why there's a deadline.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I I see what you mean. I, I think like, you know, there's it's tough, right? Because I see other not getting jilted, but at the same time, GMs could do the same things to players. A GM could tell a player on the existing, yeah, we're going to take care. we got blah, 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 blah. You know, don't worry. Your deal is going to come in. We're going to sign it in a couple of days. Then July 1st hits. And then this one guy all of a sudden becomes available and they're like, oh shit. And then this guy loses the opportunity with his team and guys get signed up. And, you know, he might be with yeah. his team at five years, 8 million per year. And now all of a sudden he's going to be looking at two years and four and a half million because he has to go with secondary tertiary options and not places he wants to be. You know also too like about free agency what really pisses me off and i and i i say this knowing full well that for me it'll happen if like one of our big guys goes because of it and i'm like fuck you but this whole like fans getting pissed off at guys that have been with their teams for like eight years and then deciding to move on and being like oh fuck this guy burn his jersey he's a piece of shit we're gonna boo the hell out of him like it's called free agent, you know, this guy earned the right to go wherever he wants and anybody in that situation would be taking the bag and they can go fuck themselves and say, and not and say, no, I would take 3 million less to stay there. No, you wouldn't buddy. If someone's dropping nine and a half million on a table to you in Tampa over nine and a half million in Montreal with all the taxes and all the bullshit that comes with playing in a Canadian market as hot as Montreal, you're taking the tax free money in fucking Tampa we get to go to the practice rink in flip-flops and shorts
2: but what about leaving money on the table to go somewhere else a la johnny Goudreau, right like that's, i think
0: like mike commodore said like yeah. we're not asking the right question we're asking why did he want out of there so bad
2: like at that point maybe it's not being mad at the player; it's being mad at the organization or being mad at yourself and not contributing to the cause of building a new arena and like lending your voice to, to those things. Like it, it that, those kinds of things are, are very intricate and take the involvement of every level of the ecosystem of the team, right? Like ownership, players, management, fan base. Like you all kind of have to come together to make those kinds of things happen. And it just, it just seems like in Calgary, they're just like, Okay, like there's no movement. Like they've been trying to get an arena done for how long? And and something is just always impeding that happening. So, like, I can understand fans being a little bit upset at Goudreau, but at the same time, like, what else is he supposed to do?
0: Like, what do you, yeah, what do you want from the guy? Like, yeah, I understand that Calgary offered him more money, but keep in mind he's an American. And not everyone loves Canada. Like, he may be more interested in going home to the United States. He may be more interested in just hanging out with with his friends. And it's, it's different up here. Things are just different. Not necessarily good or bad or worse or better. It's different. And if you grew up in the United States, and like, I've put my time in in Calgary, and I don't like it up here because it's cold and I don't like having to do the COVID bullshit every time I had to go on an away game. I don't like... I mean, remember the time where he was stuck in Canada, essentially, when he had to play in the Canadian division when COVID was, like, I mean, region. more of a thing than it is now? Like, these are all things that a player has to go through that maybe he didn't want to go through. And like Commodore had mentioned, the arena sucks. And, I mean... I don't want to move to Calgary and I'm Canadian. So if given the opportunity to go wherever I want, would I pick Ohio as an option? Probably not. But there's there's reasons that he had to sign in Columbus. And
1: man, it's his decision. Who gives a shit? I think one of the reasons is maybe he got word that Matt Kuchuk's like, buddy, I'm going to be out of here a year and a half, two years. You do you. I'm just... You know, maybe behind closed doors they had that conversation, and he's just getting ahead of it.
2: Well, I think he's out. I think he's up next year, isn't he? So,
1: yep. I, I I'm, I'm a firm believer in Kachuk's gone. But he's is he R- he he's is. RFA though. I think he's UFA after next year. I don't know. I this is something. This is something we can very cool, easily look up. Yeah. And <laughs> e- either way, if he's if he does not sign a contract by December first, Calgary has to trade him. Like, there's no option about it. You don't, like, even if you're in a playoff position, you know. You well, don't you can't let it happen.
2: Out. You can't let it happen twice. I understand, like, people legitimately thought that I'm I'm pretty sure they believed they were cup contenders at the time. You couldn't trade him, Goudreau, this one. But you, you're you right. You no. can't let it happen twice. The truck
0: so is look. not under contract right now. He's so an he's RFA. RFA.
1: Right yeah. And his next contract, regardless, will take him to UFA, I believe. Well, so it depends
0: on, because he's 24, so he would be entering his 25-year-old 25 25 year season. So I think that's maybe, I don't know. It also depends on the service time. The NHL is weird with that. But if he signs a one-year deal, if he signs a one-year deal, and yeah, so if it's seven years and he started when he was 18, then yeah, like his 25-year season would be his UFA year. So if he signs a one-year deal on his RFA deal, then yeah, he would be free agent after next season. But I don't know what his contract will be because that's well, still up in the air.
2: And that's the problem, too. Like, they're going to have to buy his free agent years. And I, I bet you that's what's holding them up because he he's going to charge an exorbitant amount to buy into those free agent years, right? Yes. So, and if Calgary's yes, he not, should. He should. If Calgary's not willing to pay that, then they have to trade him or he's going to sit out. And I, I, from like, knowing what I know, of, I've seen of Kachucks. Look at Brady. Like they'll sit out. <laughs> like they'll they'll, they'll That's sit good out. Point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Until he gets oh, like
1: uh, 100%. Like, I'll be honest, their I think their uncle is their agent. And their dad Keith is it's not like a guy who would be like if one of us made it to the show and, you know, we yeah, we have our parents being like, "Well, you got to do this. You got to do it his dad knows the circus his dad knows the ins and outs and will tell him no do this you do this and his uncle can be telling him, you do this and you do this and this isn't just like you're listening to your family and then you have your agent on your other side everything's all in one
2: yeah this is not the people i would say it's not paul marner right like it's it's keith fucking kachuk like this guy knows like he said the circus and and he's a he's a firm fucking guy
1: yeah I'm, I'm like, I think the foregone conclusion is everyone thinks he's going to be in St. Louis at some point. That's where Matt's going to go. But yeah, he, he'll set out. He almost did it the first time around.
0: He'll why St. Louis? Just
1: why St. Louis? Because his dad played there. Okay, that's his hometown. Is it? I think his hometown is is Phoenix. I'm pretty sure they were talking. He was born in well, not where he was necessarily born, but where he spent most like. His majority of years is St. Louis.
0: Yeah, it's possible that he was born in Arizona, but he lives, like, moved to St. Louis at some point in his life. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But, if, but yeah, yeah if he grew up in St. Louis, and I can see your point.
1: Yeah. So you know, that's kind of the the belief. Yeah, he was born in Scottsdale, but the majority of his like youth growing up was St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So his friends and family are all there. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So. It's kind of like Nylander was born in Calgary, but Sweden's his home, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, Calgary, if, if he's not signed or if he sits out or if he signs a one year deal, regardless of where you are in the position, back to back years, you don't let that happen. You, December 1st, if there's no extension, if there's no um, long term deal in place, and he's potentially walking right to UFA you you trade him I, at this point i would seriously have them if i'm brad living you seriously look at trading his rights and getting whatever you can in some form of a player or package of players that may not be him but can help you
0: well the Maple Leafs can offer him uh tj brody and uh, alex kerfoot and then we got a deal
1: brody kerfoot and Hull we got a deal
0: <laughs> i mean that's seven, nine, nine, nine two five, going the Perfect. other way yeah i mean it, it makes sense because the maple leafs are going to have to do some sort of cap uh fiddle faddling right now because they are i don't know about two million dollars over the cap right now one and that one and a half million dollars over the cap right now because uh pierre engvall mr uh giraffe has re-signed a new deal with the toronto maple leafs a one-year deal worth <laughs> 2.25 million dollars for Pierre Angle. So, hold on. First of all, like, I'm laughing because I'm I'm mainly laughing because the Leafs have like no cap space, and then all of a sudden they're paying a guy double what he made last year.
1: Well, technically, Engel, they have 8.2 million over the cap to go.
2: Yeah,
0: but
1: in the offseason, you're allowed to go 10% over. But we need to... Right, but <laughs> I'm need... sorry.
0: What I mean is like they're projected to be over yeah. 1.5 million dollars.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, obviously there's tons of ways they can get around that by dropping guys down to the minors or putting someone on long-term injured reserve. I just want to say congratulations to Pierre Engvall for the new contract. And I want to say congratulations on the five-year deal he's going to get from Edmonton next year. Because
1: <laughs> Yeah, because the Edmonton Oilers are just Leafs 2.0. All the yes. rumors, they're trying to get Connor Brown and have Zach Hyman, fucking Cody Ceci, Jack Campbell. Like, like, is that just Eisenbury. the most- yeah, Tyson Barry. Is this just the most Edmonton thing where they shit and be like Toronto thinks they're the center of the universe? Let's go okay. get all their fucking players. <laughs> no,
2: I heard I heard the thing that's the the best tweet I saw was Edmonton is so afraid of losing McDavid to the Leafs, they're bringing the Leafs to McDavid. <laughs> I thought that was fucking on point. Dude, that, how that was do very you true. how do you double
1: Pierre Engval's pay? How I mean, like, statistically how, it makes sense. He had a good year
0: in terms of like being a really good penalty killer for the Maple Leafs. Uh, he was a very useful player, very useful third line guy. And he's the size. Like, Here's the thing. And I always say this about Nazem Kadri. When Kadri got traded, the Maple Leafs have been looking for Nazem Kadri ever since. They need another right. guy to play up the middle. They need a guy with a bit of sandpaper. They need a guy who is not going to be afraid to fight for a puck. He is a dream in terms of a multicultural player in a multicultural market. Nazem Kadri is everything the Maple Leafs need and want. Pierre Engvall, if you lose Pierre Engvall, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the whole media spin is going to be like, "Man, the Maple Leafs really need a six-foot-five winger right now."
2: No, they don't. They have forty fucking Pierre Engvalls in this organization. Every fucking guy on this team is is a Pierre Engvall. They're just better. Like, like, there's not the difference. What's the difference, with, literally, between William Nylander and Pierre Engvall, other than Nylander scoring
0: about a foot taller, a foot,
2: <laughs> a foot. <laughs> about a foot. But they, they played like the same game. Like, there's no, there's no. The guy's he's tall. He's not he's wide. Tall. Engvall.
0: You can't teach size. No. E. Six, foot,
2: six foot four he every, sucks, time sucks, time six every, every time. time he steps, works, he's got he's truculence every day. No, he's
0: Mike Bappaport. Ready to go. He's, he's belligerent and he has truculence.
2: Uh-huh. No, he doesn't, though. That's the problem. He's got zero belligerence and zero truculence. You just said they need a guy who has sandpaper and jam ever since getting Nazim Kadri, And all we've been doing is adding people who don't. And it's funny because Duvis talks out of both sides of his mouth. He says, well, we need... We need guys who play a little more aggressive on our fourth line. And, and uh, you know, then he goes out and gets Abe... Was it Abe Kubel? Who, like, fine, great, but he's, like, 5'9", and is basically Colin Blackwell 2.0. Cool.
0: Bro, that's, that's not even the worst of it. Adam got dead. Uh, our, our boy, Dennis Mulgan.
2: Why? Oh,
1: my God.
0: I'm so fucking stupid.
2: That's Mulgan. Which, that, which is- makes it worse because we brought back the guy that we traded mason marchman away for and mason marchman just got four and a half million dollars
0: from well, the dallas fair, stars the leafs could to be fair the leafs couldn't afford mason marchman
2: we could if we now. didn't have all the fucking 40 Engvals on
1: the team well let's be honest like everything that has been said is kerfoot and hall are probably both out the door if we didn't
2: have kerfoot and engvall we could afford mason marchman and you could still well, you could still backfill the rest of the roster with all the fucking Engvals that you have in the organization. That's my point. Right,
0: but I mean that, that trade was long enough ago where you can't really rest your lord. Plug
2: line, marchment right? with another guy. That's what I'm saying. The, the the lineup is not different. For the amount of for the amount of Engvals and Abe Kubels and Godets you signed, you have them in the organization. Joey Anderson, Alex Steves. Brett Cine, like they're they close your eyes and point your finger. They're the same guy. Well,
0: Pepper's that's easy. the thing. So uh, that's a great point. So I think it's worth mentioning that all these deals that are 750 now, Eggball is not one of them. But Joey Anderson, Gaudette, uh Mulgan, I think was also 750. Perhaps he was 750. They're all bearable in the mart in the in the minors. So if they're not working out, you can dump them on waivers someone will claim them most likely because that's just what's going to happen and they're gone so it's not necessarily an issue i think these guys are being brought in as forward depth not necessarily to be guys in their top 12. how many points did peering will have last year if i had to guess 25 36
2: you had 36
1: no i'm i'm guessing
2: oh i was i was actually asking
1: Oh, you're literally asking! I thought you knew, and you were no. I'm gonna, to I'm gonna get it.
2: I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Hang on, because I'm gonna do. I'm going exercise.
1: Yeah, 35. Wow. I'm wow, fucking you're close. Awesome. Ele- 15... Guys, don't fuck with me with hockey. There was the free agency. There was the playoff picks. Now there's Angval. Well, I would 50... like to point out that I said 25, and
0: you said 36. So you were over. So by prices, price right, right rules, oh, <laughs> I was right.
2: <laughs> the middle. Your your mean number would be accurate. So Angval had 15 goals. 20 assists, 35 points, 30 penalty minutes. Okay. okay, Abe Kubel had 11 goals, 12 assists, 20 only 23 points, so only 30, 12 points less. Was a plus 11, had 47 minutes in penalties, and won a
1: cup. And they played the same amount of games almost, and they gave Engvall a million a two more. Colorado, what? I would have won a cup on that Colorado. Team. Who
2: the fuck cares? Why are they giving Engval twice the amount of money for the same shit that this guy did?
1: Because he did he play in the Sue?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there a Sioux in Sweden? Is that like was there? A, yeah,
1: it's, it's,
2: yeah, the second O has an umlaut. Like I don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense. If the if he if he had a shred of physicality in his game,
1: wait, hold on. He's listed at 6'5, 215. Get fucked. That's what I'm saying, he's, man. He's a big dude. He's not 215.
0: No, There's he's no 198.
2: Way. Tops. Tops. He's
0: 198. Well, also you have to consider, like, when you're that tall, like you just have extra weight that you're not necessarily <laughs> accounting for. Like he I agree with you, like he looks very skinny, and you don't necessarily think that someone who with that kind of frame would be that it would be two hundred fifteen pounds, but it's just because he's tall. Like he's I'm really tall. Just big bone. So like,
2: I don't. What I don't understand, and like when you watch the guy play, I've never seen someone like so lost sometimes in the play where they're just like, which way? am I oh shit, right? And and a guy who stops moving his feet so much. Watch Engvall this year. The amount of times he doesn't like when you're when you're playing the game. One of the key things is you got to constantly keep your feet moving so that you don't lose momentum. And that when the play shifts, you can go the other way, right? Because you're already in motion. When you stop, you have to start again, which you're starting from zero, and that's never good. Engvall always slows down to almost a stop, and his feet aren't moving, and it drives me fucking bananas. And the amount of times the guy gets on weird breakaways, like when we're up like by four goals and stuff, like he always scores when we're up by five. Like, I don't uh, I don't I don't get it like we have so many of this guy why this why this you guy have a- we have so many of this guy and you know what sign him for 750 and I probably wouldn't care we have so many of this guy and we doubled his paycheck
0: I don't know if you have this stat available but I'm curious like what the breakdown of his points are like the 35 points that he scored How many of them are even strength? How many of them are on the penalty kill? I can tell you. Because I feel like for a a long, a few stretches there, like him and Mikhaev, and I feel like there was someone else who killed a lot of penalties. Like they were just scoring consistently shorthanded points and shorthanded goals. And if that's the case, if these of the 35 points that he has scored, that 10 of them were shorthanded, then maybe there's a bit more to the argument of him getting the you know, double doubled paycheck. Like he's some sort of paralegal working for Vince McMahon. Like do all you of a sudden.
1: I was going to say, do you think they're interpreting this as they're going to try and move him up and replace Mikheyev?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I think he absolutely is in the for role. Sakes. I think, I think there's a chance that you see Engvall on the second line at some point this year. Oh, oh for, for fuck's sakes. No. I think at some point you're going to see Kerfoot move back to center and he's going to center the third line. You you see Kampf go down to the fourth line, and you'll have Engvall up on the second line with Tavares and uh, Nylander. Because, you know, they're going to bring... Robertson's going to be on the roster, I, I firmly believe, and they're going to give him an opportunity on that line, but it's not going to work out immediately, and there's going to be some, you know things that just aren't fitting and they're going to move Robertson all up and down the lineup. They want, oh, we'll get his speed on the fourth line and all his bullshit when he's, he should be a top six player. And you will see Engvall with Tavares at least half the season is what I'm calling.
1: No, well, you see, you see him or Robertson on that second line until January, February, March, March, April. And then Matthew Needs goes right in to that second line winger spot or bunting goes down and knees is on the top line either way knees is on the top one of the top two lines when he comes in
2: so i'm going to touch on that quickly but angle had 12 even strength goals one power play goal two shorthanded goals 17 even strength assists two power play assists one shorthanded assist his shot percentage shooting percentage was the worst it's been in three years by two points
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay well it's he so threw. He like threw. He did throw sixty-six points, hits,
2: or? which is twenty more than he's ever thrown. So here I am calling the guy a pussy, and he almost doubled his
1: his his hit counter.
2: But the hit counter yeah, in the you NHL fart on now. Some
1: people though, yeah, you could fart on someone and they say it's a uh,
2: hit. Yeah, right. So,
1: I, I just don't get it.
2: I don't I don't get it. And maybe he's twenty-five. Maybe this is because he's going into UFA. But who the fuck cares?
1: <laughs> Late bloomer. Hey. He could surprise us. Who knows? What I'm really pissed off of is their goaltending. Like, yeah,
0: that's that's where I wanted to go next. Uh, Matt Murray, the trade to Ottawa, and Ilya Samsonov getting the uh, free agent deal. I mean, six point four for two goaltenders who have potential to be number one guys.
1: No, Matthew Murray is not a number one goaltender.
0: Um, so he was at one point in his career. <laughs> Matthew Murray uh, is not a number one goaltender.
2: You're, you're cutting yourself out there, pal.
0: <laughs> yeah, as, as you get closer to your microphone, you're cutting out. But I think what you're trying to say is that uh, Matthew Murray is not a number one goaltender.
1: He is not. Not currently. Um, and will he regain some form? Possibly. Will he feel comfortable being from the Sioux and playing for Kyle Dubas? Does that help him? Maybe. But Uh, What pisses me off the most isn't Matt Murray coming in here. What pisses me off the most is what. Okay, is the 25% retention. So you're telling me that Ottawa was begging to get rid of this guy and only retained 25%. So why isn't that a 25% retention with a second round pick and the seventh round pick? Or if you want them to retain 50%, why is that 50% and maybe a fourth round pick instead of a third and a seventh? The fact that they only got a 25% retention pisses me off to no end.
0: I think the deal would never have happened if it wasn't 25%. I think that that was a sticking point with Ottawa and they weren't budging on it. Then don't do it. Well, if they didn't do it, what were their options to sign... Well, you so you would rather have so let me so I'm clear on this. You would rather have a tandem of Samsonov and Kalgren, or Shelgren, excuse me, or would you rather have Murray and Samsonov?
1: I would rather him have not. Go, I'd rather Dubis have not got himself into this situation where <laughs> this is not this is the goaltending that we're gonna have to live with. Okay, but sure. But like, what was what was the other option though? Because they've been in this situation for a
0: while. I would argue like they got lucky with Jack Campbell.
1: Okay. And they fucked up the Morazic deal. They thought that's what was, he was going to be the guy and clearly wasn't. I just Mm -hmm. think this is just poor. as much as, as much as people can say, you know, he's not. And I think Jim even said this, that, Oh, you know, this is, If this doesn't work out, whatever, no. It's not that if the goalies don't work out, it's the fact that they got into a position to not have stable goaltending year after year. Like, it was Freddie, gone. Now Campbell, gone. Murray, who, for all intents and purposes, is not a starting goaltender at the moment in the NHL. Like, yes, he's from here. Like, he's from the area. And yes, he played in the suit with Dubiz. And... Like, obviously, the least resources are infinitely better to help him than Ottawa's. But man, the fact that Dubas literally went in and he's like, I feel comfortable with our goaltending being Samsonov and fucking Matt Murray going into the season. I'm not going to lie. If you're a guy like Austin Matthews or William Nylander or Mitch Marner, who are going to have contracts coming up in the next few years, both of them, I think, is like one, two, three after another each other. I look at that, and I'm like, our problem isn't being able to score. Our problem is able to stop a fucking puck. Well, the team hasn't really
0: even attempted to draft and develop goaltending for a long time. And, I mean, I'm just looking back at the 2021 year, just because I don't remember, like, when they signed Mrazek, was there a better option? And the other options were Philip Grubauer and Linus Ulmark and Freddie Anderson. And James Reimer. So Reimer is probably the best out of the bunch, but they've been down that road, and there's a reason why he's not here. And Freddie Anderson is probably the be- second best of that bunch, and they've been down that road, and there's a reason why he's not with the team. So, I mean, I guess Tuca Rask was on the list, but like he wasn't going to sign anywhere but Boston, and he barely even played. So, you're right. This has been a problem for the Maple Leafs for a long time. And I think we met, we talked about this last week, where like, The last good goaltender on this team was Ed Belfour. And that was a long time
2: ago. I mean, I'm not as down on the Matt Murray trade as most people are because I think we get hung up on like it's weird. We say recency bias, but if you look at Jack Campbell or Matt Murray's year last year, out of eighteen out of twenty games, eighteen of them he was sparkling. And he was fantastic. And then he got shelled by Arizona and Tampa, which the Leafs also got shelled by Arizona and Tampa last year. If you, if in goals saved above expected last year, Matt Murray was ranked sixth. Guess where Jack Campbell was ranked? Well, thirty second.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say probably dead last. Matt Murray
2: <laughs> was twenty fifth in high danger shots saved above expected. Guess where Jack Campbell was? Dead last, forty first. Below, <laughs> below. <laughs> I
0: mean, below
2: last in a minimum was your twenty games. So there, there are specific reasons and indicators that say Matt Murray's, ironically, Matt Murray's ceiling is higher than Jack Campbell. And for me, I'm with Matty. The 25% retention is my problem. Matt Murray said he was only going to Toronto. Or or I think, I forget where the other place he said he was going to go. But it was like down to two teams. So you Make
0: know you have to the contract then right you have them hostage well that Tell doesn't them. help the maple leafs who wouldn't have had anyone to stop the puck this year well they would have signed they samsonov they don't really have anyone to stop the puck next year so uh, I, I mean, Matt Murray's under contract next year so they i don't remember for
2: two more years i don't like yes. the the retention but i even if we digress from that a little bit that's two years i don't know that i could commit to jack campbell for five
0: that's the point. Thank you, James. That's a great like, point. He was the atrocious. Term is the issue. Like,
2: like he was atrocious past November. Like don't don't pretend that he was some sort of Lord and Savior of all things twine. He he wasn't. He was horrendous. After the All-Star game, he was the worst goalie in the NHL. Well, and, he
1: did finish with 49 games with 264 goals against average. And a 914 state percentage in 49 games, where Matt Murray in 20 games had a 305 and a 906.
2: Right, but take the last two games out of it, and his stats were incredibly better because he got shelled like seven nothing and eight nothing, or something instance, Tampa. Obviously,
1: Ottawa is a much more garbage team in front of them than the Leafs right. are. Both defensively and they control the puck top to bottom much better as an offensive team. So maybe he will see less high danger chances. And again, I don't think that's gonna be the case, considering this defense is arguably the same. Although Geo being here for a full season and they were much better down the stretch with him in the lineup, you could say yeah. But at the same time, I don't know, man. Like there's there's a couple things in this league you don't win without goaltending. And you know a stud up front,
0: you and don't I underst- win without that. And I understand but Matt Murray Murray's-
1: has two cups.
2: Uh, yeah, and I was gonna say I know there were five. Five he has
1: two cups and carried Matt Murray to those Fuck off. No,
2: I'm, no, I'm that's saying, not like, true. That,
0: that that goes both ways. Like there's so that's many not other true players that we'll talk about with Stanley Cups. You right? go like back he this the second he's, cup. He was the starting goaltender.
2: The second cup was entirely Matt Murray, and the only reason they gave up on Mark, on, Mark andre Cleary because they didn't want the money anymore, and Murray was the second best option. And they gave up on Murray because they had Jari, and they knew Matt Murray was going to get a shit ton of money. So the second cup was entirely Matt Murray, one of them was, where he was just flat out incredible. He's been there, and he's won games in the playoffs, and he's won series in the playoffs. And I said, may I remind you, I don't know. Did we talk about this last week? I feel like we did. Who was the last goaltender to beat Andre Vasilevsky in a Game 7?
1: Matt Murray, we did talk about this last week. Yeah. That, so. that, that, hold on. That, that, that's <laughs> I hate that shit, though. Like, he did not beat Vasilevsky. We did, I think we're repeating like, the same off. conversation. But no, it's not even the repeating the same conversation. It's just that whole argument where it's like, this goalie beat this goalie. It's like, no. It's, they don't play, That's I not know. the same shit. I know. Yeah.
2: It's, dude, it's a joke. Relax. But it's... The fact is, is tilted with this whole Matt Murray thing. But but would you rather have Jack Campbell? No,
1: How, I, no, no, I would rather have no. us had looked at three four years ago drafting a goalie of substance that we. I agree. Then, I do. I, agree. I also
0: agree with that, but like that's not something they can fix right now. Like I I I agree that's the way they should have done this, and it's still no. a problem in this organization today. Like who is like is it Wall? Who is no, next up? Is it Sheldon? then is the is it- last
1: drafted goalie that did yes. anything well for the Leafs. Well, yes. Okay. I'm glad you yeah, qualified we, that we, Yeah, we talked about Rask last,
2: last week. But even look at the goalies that got dealt. Okay? Vanecek. Is, is he any better of an option right now? Not no. necessarily. Right? Who else got dealt?
1: <laughs> God, no. Well, Kemper was not coming here either. Like, anybody's like, oh, they should have signed Kemper. In order but, to get him here, you would have to pay him $7.5
2: right so that's what i'm saying so even if you think about the goalies that go in free agency you need money but instead we tied up all this money in fucking pure angles at 2.25 what, what, I,
1: what i don't understand is why not take a shot in getting georgiev from the rangers and then signing him to that deal because they gave up a third round pick for Georgiev and he signed for like 3.45 million for like four years
2: his again his numbers are atrocious for the last two years and that's what i mean There, like you can't make the argument that anybody in this situation at any time would have been any better unless you're going out there and getting fucking paying like you said paying kemper but even kemper's stats weren't the greatest i mean or your
0: Uh, numbers weren't yeah
1: he, yeah, Georgiev's are, are dog good. shit. Yeah, but his playoff numbers are stupid good.
0: What his his two George games F? that he played? What are we talking yeah. about?
1: He played no, two like, games. His numbers are comparable to Campbell's or sorry Murray's.
0: You talking about his no. playoff career?
1: No, I'm They're talking not. about his 2021-2022 season. The two playoff games he played? No, no, the, the regular 2022 season. 2021-2022 oh, season. Oh, sorry, the, you're talking about the regular games, games. season. Yes. Okay. Again, I mean, he, but what, take the two games,
0: 90% save percentage. So
1: the... the year before in 2020, 2021, his numbers are actually almost identical to Matt Murray's. And then 2021, 2022, he had a 292 save percentage. So lower or sorry. Yeah. Goals against average lower than Matt Murray's, but his save percentage is also lower. So sure. he Matt Murray's 3.5 goals against with like a 904 save percentage. Georgiev with a two nine two goals against with an eight nine eight save percentage. So even In, if we're saying that he's a marginally better goaltender, we would have had to pay.
0: For we paid money. nothing. We got paid. Okay. okay, so let's say that, and I don't necessarily agree that he's better, but let's say he's a marginally Georgiev or whatever is a marginally better goaltender than Matt Murray, and you get him for a million dollars less. You're still paying him three years. That can be a horrible looking contract a year from now. It's going to be Peter Morazic all over again, where you have this $3.8 million cap hit up against you for no reason for a guy who's never going to play for you ever again. Like this guy may never play 10 more games in the NHL. Yeah. Same argument for Matt Murray. Matt Murray may not play 10 more games in the NHL. But I, I think the difference is Matt Murray, I think, has higher upside. Matt Murray is a local guy who wants to play here and Matt Murray is coming out of a situation in Ottawa where no one would have succeeded. There's no goaltender in the league who would have had good numbers in Ottawa. Ottawa was horrible last year. Yeah? I mean, aside from Montreal, they're one of the worst <clears> teams <throat> in the NHL last year.
2: Yeah, I I don't disagree. I I just I think he's getting some I think Murray's getting unneeded stink because of two reasons. One, the love affair with Jack Campbell. I think I don't think anybody's going to look particularly Fantastic next to, you know, Mister Nice Guy Jack Campbell that everybody loved, and I think there's an Ottawa stink from the last two seasons. I think people try and create narratives about, oh, well, Pittsburgh didn't want him. No, Pittsburgh did the same thing they did with Mark Andre Flurry. Do you think they didn't want Flurry? No, they have. They made their budget work. They they let Flurry go so that they could, then they had another starting goaltender, and you can going to argue that Jari isn't good enough to start for the Penguins? So...
1: Well, is Jari their starter right now? Or is it Casey DeSmith?
2: Uh, it's Jari. He, but Jari got his foot hurt at the end of last year, which is why DeSmith took over. And then Louis Domingue was uh, <laughs> not the best.
1: Not the best.
2: But I, all I'm saying is, listen, I totally agree. There's skepticism to be had with Matt Murray. However, agree, yeah. The the stink and the vitriol, saying it's the the worst decision they could have made, dude. We got paid to take the guy.
0: Got- I, I honestly think it was their best option. <laughs> honestly, I know it's not they- it's not ideal. I get it, and I'm not as down on Murray as everyone else. I'm willing to give the guy a chance, but I and well, I understand why to. I understand right. why people are skeptical of it. I I I, I understand that stance. But I honestly think it was their best decision.
1: But again, and to remove Campbell from the situation, I don't even give a shit about that. Like, yeah, he was a nice guy. But to me, nice guy doesn't win you cups. Like, I don't fucking care. I want someone who's willing to step on somebody's throat and drink their blood out on the ice. Right, but Murray won a game. cups. Where do you
0: want? <laughs> again, anyway, though, we, but...
1: got, we, we got to move on. <laughs> we, we were, uh, it's, the re- it's the retention that gets me. I,
0: I, I get you. I know. I, 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 I understand. And I, I, I'm i with you. I'd rather have it be 50% as well. But I don't know if that was possible, honestly. Ottawa or they should have, have found a, a, a third team.
2: They should have found a third team.
0: Possibly. But in any event, that was a trade that went through. And we're going to have to see how it goes. A trade that is also floating around in the world is Kevin Durant possibly being moved somewhere in the NBA. Apparently. Supposedly. Brooklyn is only interested in the deal with toronto if scotty barnes is included i don't know if we need to spend a whole lot of time on no. this if it was me and i was masai jury, i would tell him to go fuck themselves <sighs> yeah pound salt
2: next yep. like he can stay on brooklyn then
1: Yep. yeah stay on Brooklyn with disgruntled player who doesn't want to be there who will probably fake an injury or say you know my back's tight I'm not going to play and you're going to be paying all this money for a guy to sit on the pine when you could have gotten something instead of just absolutely nothing and actually feeding him money to do absolutely nothing that you're probably going to end up dealing him at the deadline anyway for pittons and pennies on the dollar because you're just trying to get rid of him at that point also
2: look one of their options was gone after Phoenix matched Eaton's offer sheet yes. from the Pacers, so Phoenix <laughs> thank is you out. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Pacers. So it's it's us in the Heat, and if you're if you're the Brooklyn Nets, we we gonna do? We to tell the Heat like, okay, Toronto match. You have to match the Heat's offer of Hero and Bam Adebayo. Okay, here's Siakam and Malachi OG, Gary Trent, whatever. No, not Gary Trent. Okay okay go for bam out of bio and tyler hero then well no we want you to ma- like that's what's going on right like they're just like they, i'm the raptors are probably calling the nets bluff saying take the miami offer then and they're going well no <laughs> wait a second <laughs> right <laughs> no, on, just, come up,
1: just come up to here just just, just, yeah. just get to here we'll do it no no we're good
2: but that's the thing like i, I have no doubts that Siak- like the offer from the raptors is either siakam and og or siakam and picks or whatever for for kd and to be honest they the nets would be smart to take that because that's going to be the best like siakam is an all-star tyler hero is not an all-star Sixth man of the year but he's not an all-star bam at is not an all-star so
0: siakam's also an all-star with a ring yes you know i don't think people give the rappers enough credit for that yeah. so siakam is actually a very interesting piece to add to any team so they're going to rather have him with the Raptors, but I understand he got to give something to get something much like the DeRozan to the Spurs for Kawhi.
2: And this is different because Durant's coming with three years. I mean, he'll be a little bit older, but we have a lot of young pieces on the team to offset that. Right. So again, if I'm, if I'm, Messi, I, I say fine then take the heat's offer. But they they clearly don't want what the heat are offering or else they probably would have taken it by now. So well, I, I wonder he if you could
1: also walk away and just be like right. get really pissed off and then they're left with nobody.
0: I wonder if Kevin Durant would even be interested in coming to Toronto if Scotty Barnes is going the other way. We've talked
2: about that. I don't think no, so. I think he's yeah. I think he's in love with Scotty. I think he thinks that Scotty is one of the not, next big players in the league. Sorry?
1: I was gonna say that's a little far in love. I think he's very intrigued to play with Scotty, and it's part of the reason why he would want to come here. I, I think you know he probably sees the potential in Scotty and says, "Hey, this is a guy. Not only can I play with, but I can mold and turn into a great player." Like I look at having Durant w- play with Scotty, not just to be like, "Oh, Scotty, it's good, and he will be good." I think Durant will also push him to be a better version of what his ceiling possibly would be and kind of expand that ceiling i think that yeah i i think durant might have said if scotty's part of the deal i'm not going
2: i mean in every interview every time brooklyn played toronto the only thing durant talked about was scotty Barnes. in every single interview every game this guy's a professional this guy's way more talented than you guys even know uh, he's mature beyond his age he's already a pro like it's it's unreal how much this guy talked about scotty barnes and i don't i don't see him doing that just to then have the opportunity to go to that team and then have the guy go the other way i'm with maddie like i'm pretty sure he's told the nets management if scotty's the deal i'm not going
0: all right and we had deshaun watson on the list of topics i don't know if we're gonna have time to get to this basically i just want to say fuck deshaun watson yeah he's and a piece of shit agreed james any quick words on deshaun watson fuck him perfect. All right, moving Fingers, on. Cats, <laughs> moving on. Uh we want to talk about our top 5 sports movies of all time. So, James, how much time do we got left because my stopwatch is not working?
2: We have about 15 minutes.
0: Okay. All right. So 15 minutes it is. Okay, this, so ways is going to work. Top 5 movies. And we're going to start with movie number 5 and that will be assigned 1 point and then fourth place will be assigned two points, et cetera, et cetera. Until we come up with the final rankings of the top five sports movies of all time. Who wants to go first?
1: Not me. Cause I'm still stuck on like eight. I'll go first. Okay. Number
2: five, eight men out. Yep. John I I don't even know what that is. What? What?
1: Eight men out.
2: It's the what movie. You, John Cusack, The black Cusack, Sox. The black Sox? Ray Liotta. No, Ray Liotta's not in it.
1: <laughs> no, Ray Liotta's Field of dreams.
2: Yeah. Who's, who's a, uh, who's the other guy that's in it?
1: I'm going to IMDb plays, this right now. I have no idea what who who this plays is. Who plays George Floyd's in it? Isn't he, isn't he the... No. Who plays... Yeah, no, he Christopher is, Lloyd is in it. fantastic movie. Year is Born. Okay. You had uh, John... A- Charlie C- Sheen's John, it. It
0: is John Cusack. You're right.
1: Yeah. John Mahoney, Christopher Lloyd, Charlie, Charlie Sheen.
0: Sheen.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, Michael Rooker's in this as well. But yeah. it is the story about... Yeah. The, the Black Sox. Black Sox who sold the World Series and the guys that got banned.
2: Dude, this is a movie's incredible. You have to watch this movie.
0: I was going to yeah. say, like, it has a seven seven point two rating on IMDb. I might look this up. This looks like no, something I would one. enjoy. It's, it's one of fantastic my favorite movies.
1: Movie. All right. Okay. okay. So, Amen. Oh, yes. I I agree with Jim on that one. It was it was in my top fifteen. <laughs> so, Maddie made a list of fifteen when we asked her a <laughs> list of five. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies, man.
0: All right. Uh, do you have a number five?
1: Oh, are, am I going next? I was gonna yeah, say you I can go. go
0: next if you want. Okay, you go, so you
1: please go next.
0: My number five, uh, mainly because it's based on a true story, and it's based on a true story of my favorite football team or a player that eventually were to play for my favorite football team. Uh, the Blind Side is my number five. A really nice, uh, heartwarming movie, and really gives you a good. Eye. I think what's cool about it is that it really teaches you about a position in football it isn't talked about enough. The offensive line is never really talked about enough and why your left guard is your most important player. So, sure. The Blind I'm Side not, is my number 5. Really fun movie. I think you'd like it.
1: I've never seen it. And like this is me who's like watched every sports movie. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. on Netflix. It's I mean it's got
2: Sandra Bullock, so.
1: Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Like she's part of that guy like, group of five women who just never age. That are they're uh, like in their 50s and just absolutely just still killing
0: 7, it. 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. So it's technically better than uh
1: <laughs> Yeah, okay. It's <laughs>
0: technically better than uh, Eight Men Out Alright, whatever. Next,
1: Maddie, number 5. Oh, my number oh, fucking hard. Boys cuz like I'm like do I go with something serious? Do I go with something funny? You know, like rewatchability or something that hit me harder? So, I kind of went with a hybrid kind of list here. Um surprisingly, no hockey movies are in my top 5. Um well, maybe, but I'm still deciding. But I would say my number 5 is basketball. Um just because of the It's not the movie necessarily per se, but it's everything surrounding the movie. It's like memories with like Jimmy and me and buddies watching this movie or at times we've quoted the movie or watched scenes from the movie like Roadkill caught on tape is one of the funniest parts of that movie. And I'm a big Matt Stone and Trey Parker fan. You know, South Park, Orgasmo, um, Book of Mormon. Everything these guys do is just done in such a like satirical perfect lens to me that it's just basketball is yeah it's just top to bottom just I, I'm i laughing no matter how many times I see that movie not on my list but I do enjoy basketball anything Matt and Trey I'm with you I love it
0: Uh James you're number four number four top five sports movies of all time
2: remember the Titans Big remember
0: film. the Titans solid choice oh.
1: um can i say that one's on my list
0: yeah yes i mean i mean well you can tell us when it's your turn to tell us your list yeah i will win it but it's <laughs> okay. on there
1: um
2: just you know it's football it's football in a time where football was tough for a lot of people um and you know watching that movie is is a reminder you know about some of the issues that you know i'm not going to say just the US like north america faced um but also it shows yeah, i think it's really indicative about how teams have to come together in sport and and operate as a team despite who's on it um sometimes the team gets elevated the concept of the team is elevated so yeah remember the titans big fan also i love denzel denzel's the best yeah
1: denzel, denzel washington is absolutely is. fantastic
0: denzel's a gem you can't go wrong with denzel washington no. uh, my number four pick and as i was going through this list i kind of forgot about this movie and then i had like a, oh my god i can't believe i forgot this movie and i know it's probably not going to be on everyone else's list but it just gets me and it's so stupid but i love it and it's semi-pro what? will ferrell being the the player coach
1: top five jackie moon come on oh man my coffee god. black that movie's hilarious. I, Talladega Knights okay, should have yes, been ahead. It's not top five worthy. Oh, it's Tal- top five. Dude.
2: Talladega Knights is ahead of that. And I don't even think NASCAR's yeah. a sport.
1: I disagree. <laughs> I, I, no, dude, I don't know,
0: man. I, Semi-Pro funny. to me is just so funny. And I don't even like Will Ferrell all that much. Like, Will Ferrell movies I don't get and I'm not crazy about. Like, people talk about Anchorman, oh so God. good. And Step is Anchorman's the most so quotable good. movie of all time. And like, no. Man, Semi-Pro is the movie, man. That, Wrestling the Bear? Come on.
1: all right maddie all right maddie four so this is another movie that for me it's not necessarily the movie itself but it like what surrounds it um a league of their own i absolutely love that movie. gina davis tom hanks i just think madonna for yeah madonna rosie o'donnell she was (laughs) in that I just think also too Tom Hanks is absolutely hilarious in that movie. No crying in baseball, or when he fucking plunks Stillwell and he laughs and he's just like giggling to himself, like it's gonna be a good day. I just, I, I also think too for like it elevating women's sport in at a time when women weren't seen as much more than caretakers of the house, and that. You know, arguably for a really not arguably, but for a very shitty reason, World War II men were gone. So they had the women's league and stuff like that. I just think, like, I don't know. I just think the movie just meant a lot at a good time and that we can look now to see how, you know, how much more expansive women's sports is getting. It's not there yet and it's not where it should be and where it needs to be. But, you know, that's a movie that's a testament that shows, you know, and highlights women in sport, and I honestly I've seen that movie a million times, and I would say five hundred thousand of those times I watched with my mom because she loved that movie. So I would always watch it with her, and yeah, just love that movie.
2: Big film and low key, J- WNBA is taking off. Just saying,
0: yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a topic conversation another day. I bet. Uh, but number three, James.
2: Number three for me is Brian's song. Uh, if only for the reason that, as a as a grown man, uh, that movie makes me cry. Uh, it's but James Caan, fucking awesome movie. Rest in peace, James Con. Um, just again, racial issues, football, uh, the the wrench of cancer. It's just a fucking great movie. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's an older movie. If you haven't seen it, it's it's just one of the greats.
0: So
1: check it out. They remade it in the mid 2000s. They did, yeah.
0: Yeah, 7.5 five. on IMDb, so anything above a 7 on IMDb is usually a really good movie.
1: Yeah, Brian Song I like is IMDb and not like Rotten Tomatoes. Well,
2: Rotten Tomatoes is a cesspool,
0: but uh, yes, indeed it is. Um, yeah, Brian uh, Song is a
2: classic, so go check it out, Dustin. It's it a really very good,
0: good movie. Uh, my number three is maybe appropriate if you know me and you may also question whether it's a sports movie <laughs> or not, but I don't care. In my eyes, it is. I'm talking about The Wrestler is my number three top sports movie of all time. A tearjerker in a lot of ways. It's very, it rings home. If you know anything about professional wrestling, it's very true to the story of what it's like in independent wrestling. Plus, Evan Rachel Wood is fantastic in like almost everything she does. So I highly recommend checking this one out. IMDb score of 7.9 for The Wrestler.
2: I'm surprised you didn't pick Ready to Rumble considering you picked Semi-Pro.
0: Yeah. Hey, come on, now. I have some class, okay?
2: <laughs> Matty, three. You don't want to crown him? <laughs> crown him,
1: king. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number three is Remember the Titans. Um, that was, to this day, I can watch that movie, and you know how there's movies that you go back and rewatch, and it's like you love the movie, but there's moments that you're like, all right, I'm going to skip like this five-minute scene here or a couple minutes here. Remember the Titans is one of those movies I can go back, start to finish, and not once am I like, skipping any moment of that movie and a lot of the same reasons that kind of Jim highlighted, you know, uh, for the importance of the movie and, you know, elevating the team and kind of at a very hot time, especially in the U S you know, 60s and, you know, the racial divide and things like that and, and what it did. And, you know, based off ob- obviously on true story and true events, but I think it's just showing of, You know, and I I know we glorify sports a lot in the world, but to show what the value and what sports can do for people beyond just the athletic achievement, but societal and, you know, character building and shit like that as well. So for all of that, and again, Denzel is just fantastic. There's that one moment where he's on the field and like the camera pans back and the stadium lights hit him and just a perfect, it's just awesome. Shot very well too. Games number four.
2: Number four number is two? Field of Dreams.
1: sorry, number two. Two.
2: Field of Dreams. Um Dude, if only for Hey Dad. or does he say hey dad? Or is it you want to have a catch? It's just like, oh every time. Every time the waterworks come on. Um but again, I have a I have a soft spot for classic baseball. So why eight men out and stuff. Um and I'll tell you, when when they did the Field of Dreams game, Between the Yankees and the White Sox, holy shit! When they came out of the cornfield, I I goosebumps even thinking about it. It's just such a fucking cool thing. So, yeah, feel. I mean, Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, the whole, you know, Kinsella. It's just such. It's just so fucking good. It's so well written, you know, and how baseball is the backdrop and has so much meaning in it. Even though, even it's not like it's not the. it's about what baseball represents to an individual and a family. To like, it's just so cool. I fucking love it.
0: Yeah, Field of Dreams is really cool. Um, it's one of the only reasons to go to Iowa is to visit the movie set. Uh, my number two, uh, <laughs> back I already to comedy. Know I, already,
1: I already know Dustin's top two.
0: Dude, oh well, yeah, possibly. Uh, back to comedy, and this is just one of my favorite movies of all time. It's stupid as hell. I get it, but Happy Gilmore, Gilmore.
2: nice. That's okay.
0: Need I need I say more? Bob Barker, the fight. Come on, nine o'clock on the ninth green. It, it writes itself. It's Volkswagen. Come on, <laughs> amazing movie. Red Lobster.
2: It's way better. <laughs> it's way better Am than I your semi pro pick. Yeah, my tree, yeah, Way better that's than your semi pro. Completely better
0: than semi pro. Oh, I mean, well, that's why it's number two on the list, and semi pro is number four.
1: But right. speaking of number two, Maddie, you're number two. So I I struggled with this one. Um really hard I is a toss-up, but Joanna Man. I'm just kidding like kidding like so. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Joanna Man. Uh, no, definitely not Joanna Man. And this is making me realize that honestly, baseball movies tend to be some of the better sports movies top to bottom. But uh this one I floated around a lot, but for me comedy and I just the first one was iconic, but the second one is what I associate the most with is Major League Two. Oh um I I, I don't know why I love Major League Two so much, like more so than the original first one. I think because it's the first one that I saw and the some of the lines in that movie are just like, hey, I made the rooster. <laughs> Right, like when Serrano comes in and he's like, I free and clear, and Charlie Sheen, while they just leans over, and he's like, Did he just say free and queer? <laughs> that line still fucking gets me every time. And like, I I get it. That line gets me so much that I pre laugh. Like, I hold in my laugh and I'm laughing so hard. And then it just, like, a torrent comes out after he says oh. the line. From when he's I doing the Major deodorant League. commercial? Oh yeah, we we quoted the movie yesterday. Yeah, was it like
0: Down. <laughs> I would like to point out, and James, I'm sure we're probably over time now. So whatever. No, we have um,
2: we have a few minutes. We have seven <laughs> minutes.
0: We have how many? Seven. Seven. Oh, okay, we got time. I just want to quickly say that Major League is a 5.6. <laughs> Major League Two is a 5.6 in IMDb, and Semi Pro is a 5.8. So y'all <laughs> making fun of me about <laughs> Semi Pro? Fucking Major League Two is in your number two spot, and it's. You know, a, yeah. an equal movie in terms of critical reception. So,
2: also has Cracker Jack, uh, Randy Quaid in it. So, yeah, and Bob Uecker's lines—some of the best Bob Uecker lines of all time. All right, my number <laughs> one.
0: All right, James, your number one movie. Uh,
2: my number one slap shot is. God damn it! My number one sports movie of all time, uh, the, from the opening scene with the French goalie, <laughs> French Canadian goalie, this is hooking. Uh, they slashing and then you sit, you feel shame, and then you get free. That's so fucking good. You feel shame, dude. I we had a little bit of an audio error there, and uh, I do now feel shame. Um, as you mentioned, not we,
1: you, <laughs> yeah, I don't error. feel
0: shame at all. Well, I do feel yeah, shame a little like, bit. So if you hear pressing weird buttons over there and doing things, if you hear
2: a weird fucking jump cut, that's because the outro played in the middle of my diatribe for Slapshot, but Slapshot it's fucking incredible. I mean. What can, what can you say about the hansen brothers the chiefs uh you know paul newman uh, apparently the the apartment that paul newman stays at is an old nhlers apartment i forget whose it is but it's like a it's an old nhlers apartment that they filmed at which is mm-hmm. really fucking cool um well
1: it's cool paul newman was such a massive hockey fan and wanted to do that movie
2: yeah and just the the idea that they're, they're gonna fucking sell the team so they just go out there and start beating the shit out of everyone just to become entertaining and a draw. Like it's but uh in seats. butts and seats. So yeah, slap shot number one.
0: All right, my number one is to no surprise. I think I probably mentioned it on this show before. It star it has a star-studded cast. Uh, it-, it was wow. up for numerous Academy Awards. One for best film. It didn't win, but I mean, it's very rare for a sports movie to be nominated for best film. And this was one of those rare situations. And of course, I'm talking about Moneyball, which is based on a true story. It, And I think as someone who really loves baseball and someone who uh, always kind of wanted to be involved in professional sports in the front office, this is such a cool look into it. And I think I'll, if you kind of resonate, or at least I resonate a lot with jo- the Jonah Hill character of someone who like, doesn't seem to have a whole lot of experience and all of a sudden he's assistant general manager. And that's because of his mathematical abilities and stuff. And what they're portraying is a significant part of baseball today. So if you want to understand like, the metrics and the numbers and all that stuff that goes into projecting baseball players, this is a very cool look into it. So I highly recommend checking out Moneyball. Maddie, number one for you.
1: Okay. So I knew your top two because the whole reason this started was because we commented on Happy Gilmore is a fantastic sports movie, but it's not like in it's not Moneyball. <laughs> and I knew Moneyball was gonna be your number one because leading up to this, I you were I made a comment about Moneyball and it literally looked like your eyes popped out of your head and they were hanging down by your chin. Um good movie, overrated, but it's fine. I mean that's up to you. I mean some people pour their milk in before the cereal.
0: I can't so, wait to see what you're going to say. That's going
1: to be better than Moneyball, but go on. Oh, it's Jerry Maguire. Not oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jerry Maguire is my favorite sports movie, if only for the reason of it is the and again, it's overglorified for the for the job, but it was my first real glimpse at sports agents. And sports agency, and it was the whole reason why, even if today someone came to me and was like, hey, we'll start you off, like, low salary, but you're, it's your foot in the door. I would leave and become a sports agent in about 30 seconds. It is my ultimate dream job. Um, and Jerry Maguire is just what kind of started that for me. Um, and one of the most iconic lines in movie history. In, the, in show, me the, show me the money. No, you had me at Hello.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I thought that was more iconic, but okay. That No,
1: that's the joke. Oh, okay. But uh, no, yeah, show me the money. Um, you know, and just Cuba Gooding in that movie is just, he's so good. And I I think like Tom Cruise, that, that was like the Tom Cruise where he's coming into it and he's doing everything. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's the action star now, but I mean, at that time, that dude, everything... He touched, he was the dude to everyone wanted to put in the movie and stuff like that. But yeah, I would say Jerry Maguire would be my number one. I struggled with this list too, man. Like, so I had any, any given Sunday on this list, I had Sandlot on this list, I had, yeah, there's so much Slapshot on this list.
0: What's interesting is that we essentially learned nothing here because
1: they're all we different.
0: had no overlap in our movies with the exception of Remember the Titans, yeah. And if you Total up the points. Remember the Titans got a third place vote and a fourth place vote. So that's five points for Remember the Titans. And all of the first place movies on our list would have got five points. So we have a top four of best movies of all time, which will be best sports movies of all time. Moneyball, Jerry Maguire, Slapshot, and Remember the Titans. Yeah. So I think that's a fair list to say those are the top four according to the 43.6 podcast. And if you What's haven't our next any top of movies... Five? that's a great question we're gonna to have to figure that one out because we're gonna to have to come up with one for next week so we're not quite sure what that one's gonna be but there will be another top five supposedly on the list for next week james do we have time for shout outs
2: we have three minutes we can power through it
0: okay let's do it
2: okay Shout-out. We have three Rumble Entrance time.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe. have 60 reference. seconds to make your shout-out. James, go first.
2: All right, I cut the intro off real quick. Okay, my shout-out is to uh, Golf Hecklers. Um, they, they make sometimes a boring Thursday really fucking interesting. Uh, and this uh, week when Tiger was teeing off, this guy said this.
1: Give me back
2: my son. Let's go, <laughs> <laughs> The guy said, "Give me back my son," and quoted Mel Gibson from Ransom, which is real fucking awesome. So, golf hecklers always make me laugh with mashed potatoes and uh like the candle and all that stuff so and and give me back my son funnily enough when i was younger we used to have the movie network and at that time ransom had just made it to the movie network and after every movie the fucking commercials for like what's on the movie network now would air and ransom would be in every block and the line give me back my son would be on every hour so as soon as i watched that it made me laugh so hard because it reminded me of of that line and being a kid so my shout out is to golf hecklers thank you for making thursday rounds
1: interesting maddie dust. oh i was gonna say dustin you go okay, i can go next it's all right yeah. um uh,
0: my my one's gonna be quick it's because recently i was watching a documentary called phoenix rising if you haven't seen it, it's available on crave in canada i don't know where else in the us but it is a documentary around evan rachel wood and i was just reminded of this because of the wrestler and she was incredible in that and she's awesome in westworld which i've been re-watching lately But it's a documentary going over everything that happened with her and Marilyn Manson. It's a really cool uh, documentary to check out to see what went on there and the changes that she's tried to make, uh, that a positive change she's trying to make that came out of that horrible situation. Maddie,
1: My shout out goes to the creator of My Hero Academia, mostly just because I can't pronounce his name, so I don't want to try and butcher it. It's Japanese. But just for a dude who just creates a cartoon that I literally watch start to finish probably once a quarter every year. Um, and just how much I just absolutely love it and just how much of a good mood it make it puts me in watching that show and how it makes me feel like I could fucking take on take on the world and even at the worst times, that sometimes it's just going beyond your limit. And so that's Man. who my shout out is to this week. And going beyond
0: our limits is exactly what we're doing right now. We are just about out of time. So thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the 43.6 podcast, episode 14 of the 43.6 podcast. We will see you next week for another top five and a whole bunch of other sports stories. See you. Bye-bye.